Good morning, world. You are on The Daily Huddle. My name is Sorel Ketan, the co-founder of The Daily Huddle is Mr. Giovanni Gonzalez, Coach Gio, and also my favorite human being. And today I am here instead of Zach and Kimberly Odie. Zach and Kimberly Odie are on a trip, and I'm here with our guest, Maria Jose McChesney. But before I go, Harumi, I have a question for you. Why did the man put a stack of money in the freezer? Oh, freezer? Because a man, he wants to keep it as it is. <laughs> he wanted cold, hard cash. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. Welcome back, folks, and good morning. Today's question is about money. As you know, Zach and Kimberly uh, have phenomenal conversations about money, and in their stead, we're continuing the trend, diving into a question with our guest this morning. And the question is, how do you approach the world of money without losing yourself in it? Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you a little bit about Maria Jose McChesney to give you a sense of who she is, where she's from, but that's just the tip of the iceberg, as Giovanni loves to say. Maria is a native of Mexico City. She holds a bachelor's degree in actuarial sciences and has dedicated her professional life and career to fostering meaningful connections with her clients from diverse industries and cultures. She's been living in Georgia for the past five years. We're lucky to have Maria McChesney in Georgia, along with her husband, Michael, and her two cats, Kino and Blaze. Her greatest joy is serving her clients and her community through financial guidance, education, to help them achieve their life goals and dreams. She's here with us today uh, out of the her accepting the invitation from a gracious friend named Dr. Noni Carter. So thank you, Dr. Noni, if you're watching. And Maria, welcome to The Daily Huddle. You pose the question, how do I approach the world of money without losing myself in it? And we'd love to hear a little bit about yourself. So beyond this one paragraph intro, uh, who are you? What brings you here to Georgia? And why financial services as uh, your profession? Tell us a little bit about you. Well, Sarel, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm beyond excited to talk about this with your audience and with you. And I think, um, you know, I'm here because of the flexibility that I've had in my life, really. It's just, you know, I've, I've had a vision um, of the life that I wanted to live and by being open to, to the opportunities that were presented to me when I was in Mexico City. Um, then I was able to move with my previous company to Miami. I stayed in Miami for a few years and that was wonderful. 
um, I was single, so everything was, you know, <laughs> really fun. And and then another opportunity presented to me uh, to come to Georgia. And that's when, you know, me and my now husband, we decided to move in here and just give this, this area a chance. And uh, why financial services? I think I've only, I've always been pretty fascinated with the idea that we created as humans, we created money, right? It's, it's an invention. It's not natural. However, we, today, we let ourselves be um, kind of, um, I don't know, surrounded by money. Like, like we let ourselves be lost in money. Um, and it's not a natural thing to do. So I, I've always been very fascinated on how we approach money without losing our sense of humanity in it. Wow, I, I love that. Like you said, money is something that I invented. I'll speak for myself, right? Money is something that I invented. And at some point in time, I forgot I invented it. Yes. And then I give it some kind of unnatural power over me. So I'm starting to understand the, the direction of the question you pose. How do I approach the world of money without losing myself in it? So there, there's this word in that question called the world, mm-hmm. right? The world of money. How do you characterize, maybe make present for the world, the world of money? What is the world of money to you? Yeah, that's, that's really great that you're asking that question because um, as I was explaining this to my husband, I do see kind of several worlds that we live in. And just, you know, two of them are the world of money. And the other one is the world of our soul, right? Uh, Our spirit and the world of our essence. So we've forgotten, like you said, we've forgotten that we are, we are souls before we are anything else, right? Um, And we immerse ourselves in the world of money. And the world of money for me is just the world of things around us, you know, the world where uh, the human experience is just taken to a level of just things, right, of just things that are created by our mind. And to be honest, it's a wonderful world. I don't think we need to make it evil and like, oh, money is bad. It's a wonderful world. I am amazed by the fact that humans were able to create everything um, that is artificial that's around us. You know, I think our the creation of our minds are just incredible. However, we are two things, you know, we're a soul experiencing uh, the human life. And we cannot and we should not forget about that we are just experiencing this. We are not uh, beings of the world of money. We are beings of the world of our soul experiencing and creating this game of the world of money. Mm, you know, I, I I hung onto a word you said, and the word is artificial. So, and you, and you also said, money's not bad. The world, the artificial world I created is a good world. It's a cool world. <laughs> and so in your practice, in 
having created for yourself a relationship to money as something I invented and a relationship to myself as something that is as someone, some being that is beyond money. How do you help your clients reconcile the two? And I'm asking the question because on Money Mondays on the Daily Huddle, we're fond of saying, gosh, we want you to make a ton of money. (laughs) (laughs) And I imagine you assist your clients in making a ton of money by Mm -hmm. helping them shift their relationship to the world of money. Tell us a little bit about that. Leave us with something that gives us that connection. So I, um, you know, I've been listening to Mitch Anthony and whoever is not familiar with Mitch Anthony, just Google him and he's wonderful. He, he, dis- he defines his job as uh, creating questions about money, you know, which is like such a weird job to have, right? But one of the questions that I've been implementing in my meetings with clients is one of his questions is, what is your first memory about money? And the other one is, how was money growing up? And we think that those things are not important or that we have our own visions and expectations of money. But a lot of that, it comes from what money meant to us when we were kids. So for me, it's very important when I talk to clients is to uncover those things. What are really, what is money for? That's one of the biggest questions that I ask. If they have an account, it's just not, the whole point is not just to, yeah, let's double the value of this account, let's triple. That's just a consequence of the, of the game of money, of the game of the stock market. But the real purpose is why do you want this money for? Why are we even accumulating money? Um, in a lot of them, you will be very surprised, or maybe you're not, but they're like, oh, I never thought about it. I just like to have that money there. Why? Because we use money as a fake sense of security, right? When we are lacking something, when we make ourselves, um, when we prioritize our fears in our life or our desires, um, we give money that power of giving us that false sense of security. So for me, it's very important to say, no, okay, that could be it. Like just just for me to feel safe, but let's just dig a little bit deeper. Why do we have this money? Do we want to travel? Do we want to live, you know, build the life of our, uh, the, the house of our dreams? Do we, what do we want to experience in life that we need money for, right? Money can be a wonderful thing when it's used as what it is, that is a tool. But it can be pretty disappointing when it's seen as a destination. Mm, Money can be a wonderful thing when it's used as a tool. And it can be devastating when it's seen as a destination like to accumulate money for its own sake. That's the destination you're talking about, right? Yet to accumulate money for specific purpose, whereas the inventor of money, I'm using money as a tool to fulfill yet another invention I'm making. (laughs) So what what you're creating leaves me 
in a place where I think I am and people can give themselves the opportunity to be really powerful. And what I'm, what I'm hearing uh, in your speaking, Maria, correct me if I'm wrong, is that I invent everything. I make it all up. I made up money. I invent my desires. I want to go on vacation. That's also made up. <laughs> can use the thing I invented to get another thing I invented by inventing ways to get there. <laughs> yes. And, and at the end, invented. it's like, what is, yeah, it's all invented, right? So what would be the purpose of just living this, this game of monopoly? Like, you know, if we're just puppets, the way that I see it is, there's, there are things that we don't invent, that we didn't invent, that is being, being a, a spirit, being a loving uh, being, you know, just being love. That's something that we don't invent. Our emotions, our connections with others, our memories, um, those are things that we didn't invent. So I think money can be a wonderful tool to play this game, you know, um, but the whole point is not just to play it, not to achieve our desires or, or, sh or shelter ourselves from our fears. It's just to find those connections, to foster those connections, to play the game. Like, I think this is from a movie. They, they say the game or the, um, what is it called? Like the juice is in the game, you know? Kind of the whole point is that we get to play this game. You know, yeah. we get to experience life and feel I, joy. About I love it. I love it. You you keep referring to the game, right? And I, I'd love for you to say a little bit about that game. I'm thinking for many people, the game may be what they're interpreted to be. And I'd love to hear your interpretation. What is this game you're playing? I think when we play a game, right, when we are kids, it's to entertain ourselves, to make ourselves feel joy. And the game doesn't change, right? The game of life, the game of, okay, now I get to make a decision. Where do I go to college? Do I take a loan for college or do I have the resources for that? Um, you know, do I... Do I get married? Like all of those is just like, that's the game, the life, you know, that's how I see it. Life is just that it's something that we play with, something that we get to experience. And I think suffering comes from forgetting that we are the, the ones who are making those decisions. And even the things that happen to us, like, for example, lost, right? Like, I lost my dad a few years ago. And those are things I cannot control. But even the, the pain that that gave me and that continues to give me, that's part of my human experience. If I was a cloud, you know, a lot of people, sometimes we wake up and we're like, we don't want to be humans today. You know, it's too difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and if I was a cloud, I wouldn't have had that pain. I would have not feel the horrible pain of losing somebody that I love, but I wouldn't have felt that love in the first place, mm. you know, and I wouldn't have the chance to feel it again and again, every single day. 
I feel love when I meet my clients, when I'm like, you should be proud of the life that you've lived, you know? I, I feel love every single day when I see my husband, when I see myself. Um, and, and if you're not in that place, and I'm not saying that I'm in that place every single day, you know, I try, I try to remind myself. But if you're not in that place and you feel like you are just a piece, you know, a, a piece in the game, you're not the one who's playing it, then, then think about it again, you know? What are the things that are kind of holding you back? What are the things that are causing you pain and suffering? And is there a way that you can change that? You know, is there a way that you can regain control on your choices? Or is there a way that you can just let go of the expectations that you have of your life? You know, before we open it up for questions, Maria, I'd love to ask you, inside of the question, how do you approach the world of money without losing myself in it? Was there a point in time when your approach to the world of money had you lose yourself? And how did you recalibrate, so to speak? Yes, absolutely. I feel like I'm in that, I'm in that question. That's why, you know, when you and I we were talking about, and I really didn't think of that question, it just magically kind of appeared in my conversation with you, which I thought it was wonderful, right? It's, it's what happens when you surrender. Um, I feel like I'm in that process of mm. making conscious choices every day to remind myself that this is a game I get to play and that there's no right or wrong answer. So, for example, recently I was offered a good, a great opportunity, you know, at, at my work. And I realized, like, if I take it, okay, wonderful things are going to happen, but also challenges are going to happen. If I don't take it, same. So there's no like, oh, I should have done that. If I, no, there's that, that is all made up. That is all made up. Nothing. It's the right choice. So I think that is just, it comes with a daily reminder. I try to, you know, do yoga in the mornings, meditate, and just sit with my thoughts, <laughs> you know, just do nothing sometimes and really wonder, like, am I being petty? Am I being rude? Am I being kind? Um, you know, just wondering really how I'm acting throughout the day. Um, that's, I think, a daily practice. It's not you just don't reach that level, you know, unless you're the Buddha, I guess. <laughs> but I'm not there and probably none of us are there yet. So it's just a daily reminder that we get to play um, this wonderful game. Oh, my God. We could be having this conversation for the rest of the day, right? And right now, I want to open it up and give the rest of uh, our team and everyone who's here being with us the opportunity to ask questions and comment. And <clears throat> as we're waiting for one or two questions to come in, I want to ask you another. Uh, when, when it comes to, you said money's not the destination. When it comes to that destination, do you ever find yourself, Maria, saying, you know, I don't have enough money, I need more? 
I think it comes with, again, what is that money for, right? I don't have enough money for what? I do have enough money to live today. I do have enough money to go on a trip. I do have enough money for, you know, to, to buy food for a month. So what do I want that money for? Why do I want that money for, you know? Um, so I do find myself with goals because that's, that's, I think, part of fully immersing yourself in the game. I think, you know, it's, I think, it, I don't know if it was um, Michael Singer who said this, but um, basically seeing your life as if it was um, a play, right? And you are performing a character, but you do know that this is a play. But just knowing that it's a play is not going to prevent you from fulfilling your character in playing it as fully as you can. You're still going to give it your best performance, right? And best performance in a play could look very differently for many people. For me, my best performance in this life is right now to be able to have these conversations, to be able to help my clients really find why they want money and use it as a tool, you know? Um, and, and I try to do the same with myself. Why do I want this money? Do I have enough for this objective? No? Okay. Let's just keep keep moving towards that. You know? mm-hmm. And in that play, Maria, who's the author of the play? I think, and again, I'm not... I grew up Catholic, but I cannot say that I'm Catholic. But I think God, you know, just however you want to label energy, you know, the being, whatever. God, God is the author of the play. Um, and he allows you or she allows us to to enjoy it. Um, so it's a gift. I do see it as a gift that we get to live here, this wonderful life. Um, so we better enjoy it, you know? Don't take it too seriously. Just enjoy the gift. <laughs> Jill. Thank you, yes. So thank you, Maria, for being here. It's such a wonderful conversation and and uh, such a refreshing opportunity to look at money. I certainly did not could not anticipate the conversation going in this direction. And I really appreciate the inquiry. Um, and I have, I find myself in, in, in many different worlds that you guys have sent my brain to. And I guess the one that I want to settle in is um, a question. I'm gonna to try to word this question. The, the conversation today opens up this, this relationship between money as a tool and, the, and how money gives me this access to have a, an, a spiritual experience as, an, as I am alive, like the tool for the spirit I am, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how this conversation is showing up for me. And... Um, and How how do you, I'm curious, right? I'm curious. It almost seems to me like there's just two different worlds that 
the mattresses that help someone grow money, right? For those people who want to, like myself, the mattresses that help me grow money and have more money on that tree and the mattresses that I use to grow spiritually are two different. How do you help your clients to, to uh, or how do you like to express yourself rather um, to, to support those who are interested in growing the money tree? Like to, to measure it and to see the profit margins and to make sure that I'm not spending more money than I'm making. And, you know, the intricacies that allow someone to grow financially, how do you mix it? Or how do you express yourself between the world of spiritual expression around the tool of money? So, well, thank you so much for that question, Gio. And I think it's all about the reason behind, right? Like it's very easy for people to, for us to get lost into the tacticalities of this world of money, you know, of the PL and profit and, and all of that. And I, I think it can be so interesting that we lose ourselves in it and we forget why are we doing it in the first place. So the way that I like to approach it, again, I really like to uh, I would like to ask you why do you even care about that? Why you don't want to spend more than you have? Okay, and then some fears may be coming afloat, right? Like, oh, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be living under a bridge. Uh, my parents didn't have this, you know? So those are the real conversations I want to have about money. Why do you care? Why do you even do what the things that you do? Um, and with that connection, then I help them redirect if needed. So the conversation is not about, how much money I make is like, how, how full am I living my life with the money I have? Got, got it. Um, I have found, I have found challenging for me. I have found challenging for me to, for me, to mix both worlds without, like when you said the intricacies of the, of the, in, the complexities and the intricacies that money is are, like this is how it lives for me, absent of being, absent of surrendering to the intricacies there's no growth. I, I mean, my it's very difficult. It's very easy for me. Not easy. Not easy or difficult. I can connect to the why of my growth. I can connect to that, and that it's a blissful experience as a, as a human being. But certainly, most of my life I lived broke. Around that emotion, what le- what gave me my breakthrough was to surrender to the intricacies of the matrices, for example, of um, financial analysis, like surrender to the scent, absent of me surrendering to the scent, how much money am I spending every single month and actually looking at it without any emotion 
I was broke for a long time, but blissful of life. It was it, it's an interesting thing that I'm discovering in this conversation. Absolutely. And I think to that point, like it just, it comes from that, right? Like, why are you doing this is because maybe I'm just going to go on a limb here, but that's just a way for you to feel the security that you didn't feel when you were broke, right? And that's very, that's a very valid thing. Um, so you are using money maybe as a, more as a destination, right? But what is the point of feeling secure? Um, are you just sheltering yourself from fears or are you really unlocking the power of money and say, you know, I just, it's not like I don't want to be broke. I just want to live a life that is full of experiences, you know, whatever that is. And maybe I will, I would challenge you and I will ask you this. Would you like yourself as much as you do today if you would lose, lose all your money? You know, would you respect yourself if you lose all your money? And I think if the answer is no, then that's a good starting point to question how are we even looking at money, you know? I know, I know time has run out and I'd like to say this to, to the possibility of that question. Um, there, I have, I have had the privilege of losing everything. But only 15 years later, I can say it's a privilege. Only now I can say that. While I was going through the journey, it was not a privilege. You're on mute. I think you're on mute. You inadvertently muted yourself, Gio. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. I said uh, time is gone. It's gone. I want to continue, but it's gone. <laughs> this, this is what happens, you know, therapy sessions, which I love. So, uh, <laughs> well, you know, the 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 cool thing about a conversation on the daily huddle is that uh, we we don't have them to reach conclusions or get to a destination we have them to uncover and discover something personally. And perhaps in what uh, Maria has said today in the question Gio has asked, you have given yourself the permission to discover something that's new for you. And uh, if you've done that, then today has been the fulfillment of what the daily huddle stands for. Thank you for being here. Maria, I'd love for you to say one last thing, anything you want to say to leave us inside of where you want us to be, given the question you posed today. And tell uh, people a little bit about uh, your financial services practice and how they may reach you. Of course. So I would say thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I, I love this conversation. Uh, it helped me to go deeper into my perceptions of money. Um, and I would say don't don't take having or not having money too serious, you know, um, just just see it as as a part of the, you know, of the journey um, that that is something that I I would like to do for myself. And I try to do uh, with myself every day. And I, that's something that I would like to leave you with. 
And about me, um, so I do have an office in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, you guys can Google me, Maria Jose Chesney. There's not a lot of uh, Mexican, you know, Irish people out there, I guess. So I'll be the first one that pops on your Google search. Uh, and you can connect uh, with me on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with you. And you can also reach out uh, via the Edward Jones website. And we would love to have a conversation that is deeper and that helps you to find you know, why, why do I care that much about money? And how can I, how can I use money as a tool to achieve my, my life goals? Thank you, Maria. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the quest you're on, where you're seeking to discover yourself as the inventor of money, and also the player in life. Love it. Thank you so much. Welcome Thank to the Kitty Huddle, folks. This is Money Monday. Tomorrow is Tuesday, health and wellness. If you have not done so yet, you may still have the time to join the fall uh, challenge with uh, our friend Dan Cornette. The Daily Huddle is here every weekday, Monday through Wednesday. Join us. And when you do, you fulfill everything that the Daily Huddle stands for. the Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud from your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back. You will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions, power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. Until next time, 